welcome to the Acting Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Powell. This is the podcast where we talk about all things acting, tips, tricks, business advice. And today, we're going to be talking about our subconscious and how we can utilize our subconscious in our acting. I'll explain. Hope everyone's having a good week so far. I, um... I've been having a good week. I've been doing pretty good. I've got my Diet Mountain Dew here. I am set up to record, so I'm feeling good. And something I wanted to talk about this week is this idea of how we can utilize our subconscious within our acting, which might be kind of a weird thing to hear about. Whenever you're dealing with a subconscious, right, there's some... Oh, I hope you just heard my Mountain Dew open. There it is. Here, listen to those cracks. Yep, yep, there it is. Uh, super professional. But whenever we're dealing with the subconscious, there's always, at least to me, this this paradoxical thought, which is, how do I utilize something that, in its very nature, is supposed to be something I'm unaware of? Right, The subconscious operates in ways that we're not supposed to be fully conscious of. That's why it's called the subconscious. Uh, now, we can become more conscious of these drives, these impulses that are within. But how do we then shape that for our acting? And why should we? Well, that Maybe that's the best place to start. Why should you bother trying to learn how to make the most out of your subconscious and your acting? Well, I believe, along with many great acting teachers, that... Amazing acting is following your impulses, right? Those moments where you you feel the urge to do something and you just go with that impulse rather than restricting yourself. Or sometimes, you know, we can even tell ourselves as actors, like that impulse for the character is not correct. But if it's coming up, you should probably do it. You know, as long as it's safe, of course. That's always the, you know, if you have an impulse to break a chair over your partner's head, that's, don't follow that impulse. But maybe find another way to express that impulse. Maybe you push the chair into the ground or something along those lines. But we have to then question where those impulses come from. And I would argue that a lot of those impulses are the ones that are within the subconscious. They're impulses that arise in a moment that we're not fully conscious of. You can't fully explain why that happened when it did, but you can feel it. And you can ride the wave of that impulse. That's a lot of Meisner technique, right? Is riding the river of impulses throughout the scene. I think you hear this with actors when they talk about how often they read the script. Anthony Hopkins talks about how he reads the script about a hundred times so that he can sink into the world of the character so he can understand his lines and have them memorized better. But I think the byproduct of that, of reading it so many times, is that it does start to filter within the subconscious. It starts to... The world of the story, the world of your character, just starts to filter into your subconscious a bit more, which then opens some access to those subconscious impulses. Maybe it makes them a little bit more free than they would have been otherwise. So I think subconscious... I think the subconscious is a good thing to try to access while we're acting. But then how do we do that? How do we how do we become the character throughout our subconscious? Well, you know, I'm working on a scene right now in class from an amazing play called Danny and the Deep Blue Sea by John Patrick Shanley. 
And it's a wonderful play. Really good. Highly recommend it. Two very damaged people that are able to connect. And as I've been working on this role, the character of Danny is, is a very physical man. He is... Just that evening in the play, he believes that he might have killed somebody in a fight. Um, he talks about how he's just kind of been this brawler all of his life. And that's not me. I've, I've actually never been in a fist fight. I've broken up some fights, but I've never actually been in a, you know, we're on the street, we're just punching each other. When I did karate as a kid, you know, we had the, the pads on, so I feel like that's a bit different. Um... So I've never been in a street fight. And I thought to understand this character a bit more, I'm just going to research fighters. So I started watching documentaries on boxers. Mike Tyson, I watched a documentary on him. Not only to pick up some of his physicality, I wanted to kind of look at how boxers or fighters tend to carry themselves. But also, I knew that as I watched more and more, it would start to just kind of filter into my subconscious. You know, I watched a lot of documentaries on bare-knuckle boxing or like these underground fight clubs, primarily in England. And this is something I picked up from a Jake Gyllenhaal interview he did on Off Camera with Sam Jones, which, quick plug, I'm not sponsored by them at all, but... If you have not listened to those podcasts, you are missing out, my friends. It is, in my opinion, the best podcast out there for straight-up actor interviews, where they really get into craft, they really talk about their technique. So I highly recommend listening to some episodes after this, of course. Um, But anyway, Jake Gyllenhaal was talking about how he prepared for his role in Southpaw, and how he was working out in a boxing gym twice a day. He was hanging around a lot of people who were professional boxers or amateur boxers coming up. He was watching many documentaries about boxing, and then he started to get more specific about the documentaries he was watching. For example, his character was an orphan who had been through the foster system, so he decided to watch some documentaries on that as well, and essentially just immerse himself in the life of this character so that it could start to become more of a subconscious thing, so that it could become more of a shifting of himself as a person to match the character, as opposed to turning it on and off. Now, that isn't to say that he was on set walking around like this guy 90% of the time. In fact, I don't really know if he was. But what I found as I've utilized this method a bit more in my career is that you can still come back to a more neutral place but having that availability that access to a subconscious that is almost wired for the character is always a great place to be it's a very freeing place as an actor now ultimately we do want to the most important thing with all of this is to trust your impulses and that can be a tricky thing You know, I think it's a journey that you are battling with on a daily basis, and you can get better at it, right? You can find ways to get better. A lot of it, to me, comes down to presence, to just being completely present within the scene, to really listen and take it off of your scene partner, 
but it's tricky. And you shouldn't beat yourself up if you find a day where you're not jumping on your impulses the way you'd like. Ultimately, we don't want to judge the character. We don't want to judge an impulse that comes up. Joaquin Phoenix talks about how he never puts limits on his characters. He never says, well, my character wouldn't do that because how do we know what we would do in any given moment, you know? I think that's an important thing to always recognize within our humanity is that everything is available to us. Um, to quote another great actor by the name of Andrew Garfield, who I'm a very big fan of. I really love his work. Uh, it resonates deeply with me. But he talks about that in an interview with Sam Jones, once again, another free plug. He talks about how at any moment, we could do anything. We could make out. We could murder. We could literally have all of this spectrum of humanity within us. So we have to allow our characters that expansion, that ability to cry in a moment that seems like maybe it should be joyful, to get enraged in a moment that seems like it's calling for tears. Now, ultimately, our director will help shape whatever moment is there, but especially in the rehearsal process or just the initial exploration. And in auditions, too, trust your impulses. It's the truest thing you have. It's innate within you. Okay, so we have the immerse yourself in the project technique, right? Watch some documentaries, maybe find some music that you think matches the character if you're doing a period piece. You know, you might find some Baroque music or music of that era. Another technique that I really like to use is something that Riz Ahmed has talked about. Riz Ahmed was speaking about the movie Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal, actually. And in that movie, if you haven't seen it, it's a fantastic film. Definitely give it a watch. Uh, there is some some blood within there and Jake Gyllenhaal's character is not the most likable fellow in the world but it's a fantastic film Riz Ahmed is playing a homeless man or near homeless man kind of a scavenger on the streets who's desperate for work desperate for a living and so as he was preparing for that character he started thinking about how he could shift his thoughts to match those of the character. And I think this is a really fascinating thing for a lot of actors. I know earlier in my career, I really struggled with getting out of my head while I was acting. I struggled with judging myself in the moment, wondering if I was doing well, really having these thoughts that were not related to the story or of the character. And I beat myself up about that. Now, I'll do a whole podcast episode at some point about getting out of your head while acting. There's also a YouTube video of it right now on the Acting Notes channel, so you can check that out there for a, a abbreviated and abbreviated version. But if we want to change our thoughts to start to match those of the character, that's something that we're going to start to do consciously. So, 
when Riz Ahmed was preparing his role as this homeless scavenger fellow. He talks about a moment when he was driving, I believe in Los Angeles, and he saw a homeless man pushing a cart with a lot of things inside of it. And the first thought that Riz had was, we're on a first name basis now, the first thought he had was, this is so sad, I wish I could help him in some way. But he knew that that wasn't really the thought his character would probably have in that moment. That instead, his character would probably think something along the lines of, looks like there could be some good stuff in that cart. I should try to find a chance to steal it if I can. So that was the gap between, right? He had his original thought and the thought of the character that were two very separate things at that time. So what he would do is he'd allow that first thought to come, his thought of wanting to help. But then he'd just shift and he'd think about how he should probably steal it. And it was conscious at first, right? He'd go out the next day, he'd see something else, have his conscious response that was a little bit different from what the character might think but then shift it to a thought of the character. And as you do that over time, your thoughts will start to become more like the character. It'll start to organically pop up. That thought of the character will organically pop up as opposed to your first response. So I find that's a great way to start to get in the thoughts of the character a little bit. And again, allow that subconscious to kind of have its time, have its way to shine. Now, this last method is a wild one. It is, I I am not going to guarantee results with this one, but it has worked for me in the past. And so I want to share it with you and maybe it will work for you. Or maybe you can find some way to modify it. But before I get into that last one, I do want to talk about a theory that is out there in the psychological world more than acting, which is that we can communicate with our subconscious, that there's a way for us to actually almost have a dialogue with the shadow self or the subconscious. Um, I've tried it a number of times. I found it to be fairly successful. I think it's something worth looking into. Uh, There's a great book on it. I will do my best to find the link to that and put it in the description of this episode so that you can check it out as well. But just something to consider, you know. I think even prepping yourself in a way that, that releases into the subconscious a bit more. Something like meditation, you know. I think doing at least 20 minutes of meditation a day, and you can split that up into two 10 minute sessions. But I think doing that is a very potent way to, uh, trying to be poetic here, but to prep your subconscious, to prep your mind, to also relax your body and detach a little bit from expectation within the work. But this last method, again, it's a wild one. It's a crazy one. But I've used it before and it worked. It worked for me, so maybe it will work for you. So I am someone who likes to get up early when I can. And one thing I like to do when I'm up early is I like to work on the role, whatever role I'm, I'm in. I like to spend some time working on it. 
And if you don't want to get up early, another thing you could do is work on it right before you go to bed. Because what you're going to do is you're going to try to put in like an hour of focus on the character, on the story, on the work you have to do. And then you're going to go to bed. You're going to go to bed and you just might have dreams of the character. Now, if you're still with me, if you haven't shut off this podcast at this point, again, again, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I remember playing Tuzenbach in Anton Chekhov's Three Sisters, and I would do this. I'd wake up early, I'd do about an hour and a half of work, and then I would take a 30-minute nap before I went to my day job. And without fail, every time I took that nap, I would have dreams where I'd see the other members in the cast, but I, I they did not they did not they were not recognized as as the actual person. They were recognized as the characters. So I remember very vividly a dream I had of being at, if you know the play, Andre's birthday party. And he was being weirdly friendly with me. I remember feeling quite odd as I left the building and walked outside to this huge storm that was raging. And then I woke up and it's weird to say, but I did feel closer to the character. I felt like I had a bit more insight. And it wasn't something I could even put into words or I think I can even put into words now. But sometimes that is the nature of of our art, right? These ephemeral things that we can't really explain. And even when it comes to words, sometimes words are lacking. There's some philosopher, I don't remember what his name is, and I also could completely be butchering his theory here, but he talks about how language can really be a prison for us because we are forced to try to capture feeling and energies and sights and sounds and we're forced to try to like categorize them with our words and so there's almost an imprisonment there and that's exactly what we're trying to get away from right we want to have this expansion this freedom within ourselves where our subconscious can be firing off we're jumping on our impulses And the whole time, we're almost riding down the river of impulses once again, as Meisner would say. So, let me know what you think. Try out some of these methods. See how they work for you. As always, I I think you should take this grain of salt with anyone that gives acting advice, regardless of who they are. Which is, it might not work for you. It just might not. And I'm not here to say this is the secret. If you do these things, you will be standing next to Leonardo DiCaprio next week. I'm not saying that. I think we should always be expanding and growing and trying out new things and seeing what works for us and what doesn't. Maybe these methods I described today are going to work wonders for you. Maybe you'll find a way to modify them where they can work better for you. Maybe you'll try them and decide, you know what? It just didn't seem to do much. But give it a go and let me know what you think. Thanks for listening to the Acting Notes podcast. If you like 
what you're listening to here, you can also check out the channel on all of the socials. We're on TikTok at The Acting Notes, Instagram at The Acting Notes, and there's even a YouTube channel where you can see my face along with listening to my voice as I talk about different acting concepts. But I hope you enjoy. This is a pleasure for me to do. I love acting. I love talking about acting. And if you enjoyed this, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and a comment. Uh, And always feel free to reach out. If you have questions or topics you'd like to be discussed, I would love to hear from you. So thank you for listening. I'm Justin Powell. Talk to you next time. Peace.